Uh, Phil, that was uh, Paul John Roach, the book Unity and uh, World Religions. Um, very interesting. Obviously, he's studied uh, 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 all the religions, major religions, uh, and uh, and with with the this desire to find unity, connection between them, and and uh, I enjoyed it. And I, I think it his thinking is along the lines of what I'm hoping and thinking, and that is that religion is used to bring unity to people into the world as opposed to division. I think uh, religion has often been misused, uh, and it's often the basis of dispute and and uh, because of people's beliefs uh, uh, being different. So uh, good message, uh, excellent book, very thought-provoking, as I mentioned before. And, um, you know, we've talked on the show before about, he calls it the golden thread that runs through all religions, but what um, people like Houston Smith and, and Aldous Huxley called uh, perennialism or the perennial philosophy. In fact, we recently had uh, Dana Sawyer on the show to talk about perennial right. philosophy from a scholarly right. point of view. And the distinction that's typically made, and I learned about this from Houston Smith when I was writing American Veda, um, that there's two um, uh, aspects of, of any religion, the esoteric, where you find all the differences in belief systems and different views of history and different rituals and different dogmas and all that, where the division and sometimes the conflict arise. But then there's the uh, esoteric. Did I say esoteric? Exoteric is the external. Esoteric is the inner experience that the religions at their best uh, elicit in people. Um, and that's where you find the unity. And making that distinction is very important because right. when you talk about unity, people say, oh, bull, you know, they're all different and you're trying to make uh, all the religions one and it's airy-fairy and it's, it's not true. Well, no, we're not trying to make all the religions one. We're trying to point out that there is oneness, is continuity and harmony at the depths uh, of, of right. inner it, it's an I wanted to comment on that. <clears throat> uh, for instance, in Catholicism, uh, which I grew up with, uh, if you, when I, I first had the sense of, of religions having a unified base, it's when I had exposure, and it was later in life, to like uh, Trappist monks, uh, uh, those people in the clergy uh, that were uh, committed to developing their inner life. And the focus was internal, internal dialogue, internal focus. And then you start uh, uh, understanding. And I think those folks themselves, when they talk, they saw that similarity with Hinduism, with Buddhism, with uh, Jainism, with with. Uh, uh, with Judaism, with all the different major religions of the world, and even minor religions, that as one went uh, in toward the mystical uh, or uh, uh, the less superficial, then uh, there was a great similarity. If you stayed on the surface level in terms of rules, and uh, this religion says you can't eat meat on Friday, and that religion says you have to worship on this day or that day, then it's like, oh, we have nothing in common. But that, that's very superficial. It's the internal uh, and, and we talked about ritual in this, 
and the value of ritual as as uh, Paul was explaining was in in the, in in the that it brought you toward some inner unifying experience that you could share with others. So uh, I, I think that is uh, his talk, uh, his book, very insightful. Yeah, and it's a good, very insightful. It's a it's a good contribution to uh, the evolving understanding of what religion is and what it can be, because you know it, the whole subject of religion is under question now, as Paul brought out at, at the end of our uh, interview. You know. With, people turning away from conventional religion in huge numbers. All the surveys show that. More and more people, especially young, identifying as spiritual but not religious or, you know, not affiliating with a main a main. So what, what, is that, what does that ultimately mean, do you think, Phil? I think I, I have some idea, spiritual, not religious, that there's a common internal experience. That yeah, we would and that you can find it. Who cares, who cares what religion is built upon that, yeah. And, and, and inherent in that spiritual but not religious is a sense of uh, uh, spiritual independence. I don't want to be tied right. down. I don't want to be confined to, you know, the neighborhood uh, house of worship or what my parents believed in. I want to be free to explore and find the truth in my own way. And, uh, and now I think part of this is a function of uh, technology and mobility. People have, have easy exposure to all the world's, you know, mystical and traditional religious and philosophical uh, belief systems and practices. It's so easy now. I mean, it was easy, easier for us in you know 1968 or 1970 than it was for our parents and certainly for their grandparents i mean throughout most of history your religious teaching was whatever happened to be the presented to right. you in your village or you know whatever right, right. Now, I mean, now, if i want to find out about any religion any group no matter how small i just go to google put it in and, and uh it'll right. come up and i can and uh, it, it, it uh you know, so technology has uh, ha has uh, made it possible for us to look at different angles and different perspectives much more easily. He did say something interesting about technology. Nobody else has brought it up before, but it is something I've given some thought to. And that is like with artificial intelligence, we may create uh, robotic people that uh, there's nothing theoretically that would prevent a machine from becoming self-aware. And then does, is, where does that fit into the whole and what, of- And what happens, when one, what happens when one of the machines has a powerful mystical experience and it, can, and it changes the programming <laughs> and says, and, totally, and yeah. even becomes the messiah among all the robots. Then what? Yeah, can, can I, can, we have to remake uh, the life uh, of Brian. <laughs> can can a robot become the Pope? There's no no really reason why it can. will will there be uh, you know will there be uh, robots in rabbinical school and seminaries? I mean I don't know. Yeah. Or, we'll or see. founding. I mean we would be around. I am yeah. the true. I am the true intelligence. Follow me. Yeah.
We're <laughs> laughing about it now, but years from now, people will may uncover our discussions and say, hey, they were That's really right. on top of it. Future generations will see this moment and say they knew what was coming. Right, right. Because oh, it happened uh, before. Technology, speaking of technology, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning, and now please hit the subscribe button. Whether you're uh, listening to us or watching us, hit that subscribe button. And again, if you want to contribute, we're not a nonprofit. It's not a donation, but it's a contribution. If you want to help keep us on the air and keep uh, the archives open to the public for all time to come, uh, then uh, uh, you can make a contribution. And you go to spiritmatterstalk.com and it'll explain what you can do there. And for those people that have done that, thank you very much. For those people that haven't done it, thank you for tuning in. We, we appreciate yeah. you all. And your contributions. We could be the answer to preventing an authoritarian, theocratic takeover by robots in the future. Right. We're working on it. We stand for oh. unity in diversity. That's all right, it. Dennis. We'll have a good day. All right. Till next time, Phil. See you next time.